It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Some believed Penn State offensive tackle Olu Fashanu could have been OT1 and a top 10 pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Well, he returned to school, and we're going to break down his background, his skill set, and what his draft ceiling is today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Lockdown Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy Tuesday. Happy Olufushanu Day to you here on Lockdown NFL Scouting. Kyle, you know what I'm rooting for? Us to like him. Okay, we haven't so- talked about him. We talked for probably 20 minutes in the pre-show and we did not mention Olufushanu's name once. Right, and those are my favorite conversations with you is when we enter it, and I have no idea where you're going to go with it. And so that's going to be fun. But you know what would be also be fun is if we had a sweep in all of the conference mm. finals. You're really, you're, you've really bought into South Florida sports right now. Uh, I haven't watched a single second of any of these games. I couldn't tell you a single <laughs> player on the Florida Panthers. I might be able to tell you one on the Heat. I hope Barkov's all right. Don't Don't know he that left guy. last night's game. He's a captain. Okay, yeah, I hope he's I hope he's well too. But we we are in a in a position here for the NHL and NBA to both have sweeps in the conference finals, and I'm here for it. I would love to see it. So we had Denver close the deal on the Lakers last night. Check. Uh, the Heat are up three nothing mm-hmm. on the Celtics. You just absolutely hate to see that for Boston. You just do. Uh, the Florida Panthers went up at home. They play Game Four at home tomorrow night against the Raleigh Hurricanes. Yeah, the Raleigh Hurricanes. The Raleigh Hurricanes. And Dallas and Las Vegas in the Western Conference Finals in the NHL. And Vegas won the first two games in overtime. I think this was the first time in NHL history that the first four games of both the Conference Finals combined all went to overtime. We have sweeps alive. In the final three, we've already checked one box. I want it badly. All right, Ooh, take a timeout. Time right, I took All a right. timeout. Quick timeout here at the top of the show. Fact or fiction? Hockey has the best uniforms universally across their league. If I mean they're busy though. Not They're all. Of, have you have you seen the Dallas Stars, the the green ones, the forest green ones? Yes. Solid. When Dallas did their rebrand, I thought they, those were awesome. They're solid. Um, I think the Kraken have sweaters. good uniforms. Oh yeah, Kraken's good. 
the Panthers have good uniforms now. I really like their. They kind of look like a redesign. like a like a soccer team though. Florida. Yeah. With the uh, the state flag on the shoulder and the. And it looks the like big, a soccer. The, the badge on the front. Yeah. I think it's a good uh, take. I, I hate the Vegas Knights ones, though, or I hate bad. yeah I, I hate Vegas ones though. They're bad. Yeah. It right. looks like the uh, the prepackaged like create a team in Madden hundred percent. Yep, yep. That's all. That's, that's on what there. the Vegas ones look like. That's definitely on there. Yeah. But I've just been very taken by like hockey get up when you really sit down and you look at it like you watch the games, right? They they have a lot of teams that have like brand kits that I think are really really good. Lifelong hockey fan, Kyle Krabs, for about four weeks now. Yeah, you've been really dialed in. Panthers are uh, ten and one since I started rooting for the Panthers. So this, this is—it's your responsibility to to continue your <laughs> fandom. Up last night, laying in bed with the laptop out. Oh God, watching, watching game three. I was asleep by eight thirty last night. So uh, ten ten thirty—it's not bad. I wish they—I wish they they drop puck an hour earlier, but that's neither here nor there. Let's let's drop puck on Oliver Shannon. Let's get at this. Four minutes. All left. right. Olufashanu, Penn State <laughs> offensive tackle, wears number 74, six foot six, 323 pounds. He was a three-star recruit out of Gonzaga College High School, which is in Maryland. DC. He was yeah, teammates with Caleb Williams. Could you imagine going to those games? You're going to see a couple of top I'm 10 sh- picks potentially. I'm ashamed of myself for not getting down there. Yeah. That's not too F- far from me. That's not F- outrageous to go. Got to figure out this Gonzaga College here. Um he, so here's a fun backstory here. Grew up playing basketball, basketball player, AAU. Coaches kind of, you know, begged him to, to play football. And he finally did his freshman year of high school. So he went to Gonzaga College to play basketball. And this is courtesy of Audrey Snyder of The Athletic sharing this in the story that Audrey wrote. Shout out, Audrey. Shout out, Audrey. Here's a quote from the story from Olu's father, Anthony. He said, his first day of school, I dropped him off in the morning. And at the end of the day, around 4 o'clock, I called him and said, okay, I'm coming to pick you up. He said, no, Dad, I can't go. Early in the morning when I got to class, Coach Trivers came in and handed me all this football gear. And now he had football practice. That's how his football career started. So shout out to uh, to Coach, Coach- Trivers. Randy Trivers, yeah, this is the guy that that uh, put him on on track here. Persistence, yes. So he, you know, he plays high school football. He's a three star recruit. Goes to Penn State. Uh, twenty twenty redshirted. Twenty twenty one was a one game starter. Appeared it's in the nine bowl games, game, I believe. Yeah, just a, just the Outback Bowl, and then started eight games last year. So just a player with six hundred twenty seven career snaps to this point. But the advisory committee gave him a first-round grade, and there was so much buzz, right, for him all fall along about the player that he was in a very, very small sample size. And, of course, he made the decision pretty quickly. Like, in November, I'm pretty sure he announced it. Hey, I'm going back to school. And the reason for that is he wanted to complete his degree and start pursuing his master's. And so he's going to graduate this summer, and he's going to start his master's in the fall his grandmother is an educator in Nigeria. Education is very, very important to their family. And um, his father described this as anything that ever happened for Olu athletically after college was a bonus. And so he talked about in this story that more than 50 agents contacted Olu to try to get him to come out and, you know, obviously be their representation. And they finally said, you know what, we're not talking to any of you. So 
some of you weren't taking no for an answer. We're making this decision for ourselves. He's going back to school, never thought twice about it. And um, here he is now primed to be one of the potential highest picks, right? At least I think that's the perception of him. We're going to talk about the skill set and the way we see him. We're going to talk about how he measures up to the 2023 class. All of that's coming up, but there's a lot of perception out here that Olu Fushano is destined to be a very, very high pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Yeah, it's um, this is not the kind of player that you get the sense you're going to have to worry about what professional football is going to do to change him and, and his demeanor and his approach and ability to be a professional and his perception, right? To make the decision that he did with the big picture and the scale and, and obviously having people around him and his family that have priorities that they universally agree are important to him. And in the third segment, Joe, today we're going to talk about how he would stack versus offensive linemen from this 2023 class. And he'd be up there for sure. But uh, I, I think there is growth opportunity for Olu that would potentially put him in a totally different stratosphere than where he would have been valued if he was in this year's class as well. So there's a lot of upward mobility, a lot of opportunity for him that awaits and um, eager to talk about a skill set. Yeah, I'm eager to talk about his skill set with you. Only 627 snaps, so if you watched three games, we you got, saw a pretty, got most pretty of good it. chunk of his career. And so yeah. let's get into that here in just a moment. But first, need to tell everyone about FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are here, so make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there's a lot that you could check out, as you know. We're hoping for the sweeps, or at least I am. I don't know if Kyle has affirmed that or not. I'm hoping for sweeps. So if you think that's going to happen, head on over to FanDuel. We got the NHL playoffs. We got the NBA playoffs. MLB is in full swing. NFL futures bets are there for you. And there's no better place to get in on all of this action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, in talking about Olu Fashanu and his strengths as a player, are you allowed to start anywhere other than raw physical athleticism and skill set. It's a good place to start. Like there's some fundamental stuff that I think he does pretty good at this stage in his career as well, but just the length, the foot speed, the lateral mobility. I thought his late anchor against power Mm. was really, really good. Mm -hmm. I thought Ohio state was a really good showcase of that a couple of times against Zach Harrison anchoring late, uh, against power rushes and really sitting down and pulling the e-brake and you know, keeping that pocket nice and firm. Those kinds of just raw, natural talent that you can't coach, 
The uncoachables is the first thing that pops for me for Olu. Yeah, man, long arms, muscular frame. I think he's, what is he, 6'6", 323, what he's listed at. I mean, this dude carries it really well. And that lower half, dude, I'm pretty sure like 90% of his weight's uh, below the waist, man. This dude is right. thick through his lowers. I mean, it's it's just looking at him in his in his uniform, it's like, it's like the his legs go all the way to the bottom of his numbers on his jersey. It's crazy, man. Um, he's built in the lab. You mentioned the movement skills, um, and, and you mentioned that ability to drop a late anchor, and I think that right there is a testament to his ability to sit on his hips and maintain a very consistent base. Um, you don't see that very often. That's that's pretty pretty rare uh, to see a, a hip dominant athlete like this being able to not overextend, not uh, get his weight over his toes and, and put himself in vulnerable positions. And because he's willing to sit on those hips, it allows him to drop that anchor. It allows him to stay under control. It allows him to seal. You know, there's so much that comes from that ability. Um, and so I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Another strength of his game that I really wanted to emphasize was he's got a really firm inside hand. There were a, a bunch of times, uh, particularly against Auburn, against Derek Hall, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, the, the three games that I really, really studied in depth where guys were trying to cross his face and work inside moves, work inside spins. But that inside hand was so firm, man, he just really just stymied them right there. And, and it was game over when they tried to do that. And so that ability to sit on his hips, the hands in terms of that firm inside hands, those were two of my favorite qualities in addition to the size and athleticism. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned avoiding getting overextended. I didn't think there was a single time in protection that you watched him panic or get uncomfortable in space. Right? It's And that goes back to the foot speed and just how active his feet are. A lot of these long guys... They struggle to kind of find the balance with getting into space, timing up their strike timing, but keeping their feet fluid where if I take a 45-degree set against a wide nine and then that player doesn't convert to power when I close the gap and take, take the cushion out of or take the air out of that set and he tries to convert to speed around me, to then get my feet started back up again and then stab with that inside hand and, and really ride him past the apex of the turn was something that I saw Olu do a number of times where a lot of times you'll you'll see them get out there and their footwork's good, but then when it's time for that first contact, either the feet die on him or they kind of throw themselves to try to get attached. He's got a really innate sense of patience playing in space, particularly in pass pro. I, I think there's some work in the run game, the second level blocks in the run game that I, I think that's a growth area for him. And we could talk about that here as well, but uh, particularly in protection, I think uh, Harrison got him with a, a cross chop one time and chopped his hand off and it kind of got his shoulders down, but it wasn't a rep in which he overextended and lunged himself out into space and put himself in a precarious situation. I really thought the, the the balance and patience in space and protection for a player who's as uh, new to football as he is having played what seven years of competitive football that's that's not a small amount of time but he's played less than 700 snaps at Penn State like this is yeah. still a guy who who has so much that he could tap into what what do you attribute that to I mean like we, we both come away 
very complimentary of those traits that he has, and they're they're pretty uncommon, man. I, I watch I watch first round tackles that that don't do that all the time. Um, is it? Do you think it's just a, a a trusting of his athletic confidence? Like, I mean, just that he can trust that technique and have a strong gravitational pull and not feel the urgency to like play outside of himself that you don't see that very often. Well, I think, I think some of that comes back to the anchor too, right? If, if you can trust that you can take power rushes and that you're going to be able to sit down on it. And he's still just a pup too. When you, when you look at his body type and it's like, you mentioned the weight distribution below the waist and how, how thick he is in the lower half. Like he's still lean in his relatively lean in his abdomen. You feel like he can continue to grow into his frame. Yeah. So the fact that he has as strong of a core as he does, and I'm not saying you, you bulk him up and stack a bunch of weight on him, but more so just the fact that, you know, he, he still feels like functional strength can get even better. And if it does, from a build perspective, who's the closest thing to that? Tyron Smith? Oh, uh, yeah. We, we get, yeah, he gets stronger. He gets, gets silly, right? Right. <laughs> but, but, but when you look at his frame, you can't help but feel like yeah. he's going to get stronger. He he's gonna get he's gonna slap some more muscle on him and not in a bad way that's gonna be compromising to his ability to move. So I, I I think a lot of that patience comes from trusting. If I remain patient and I stay here and I take your your bull rush full on, I'm gonna sit down on you and I'm going to be fine. Which in most cases he was. You know what's crazy is all the tape that we've watched of Olu Fashano. He's a teenager, 19 years old. All that tape last year, 19 years old. He turned 20 December 9th. And so he's a, you say he's a pup, man. He's a pup. Like yep. whether it's whatever the word is, length of time alive or, or time on task playing football, um, there's a lot to like based on on those dynamics. You, you mentioned the strength, right? And I, I looking at my – growth areas that that was number one for me was functional strength is getting stronger right I like the body positioning a lot of times I like firm hands there's things that I like but is he a guy that can fight pressure with pressure and, and be on the on the good side of that can he create any level of displacement with consistency I don't think we saw that I think we saw reasonable technique but as he gets stronger as he plays with lower pads I thought that was something especially in some of those short yardage situations I thought guys got under him quite a bit I think that's going to allow him to take his game to the next level is just getting stronger and applying that strength on the field. Well, you know, what's, what's funny is I wrote a write up for him in season last year, because obviously he had only started the bowl game in 2021. So he wasn't on the radar for summer scouting last summer. And I wrote it up. It was after Penn state's like fourth game. So it was like Auburn was the hallmark game that they played at that point. And when I wrote through that, a number of the areas of growth that I had noted, you get to the Ohio State game at the end of October, early November, and you feel you feel like he's already improving on some of those early season critiques from such a small sample size where we only had a couple of starts. Uh, the biggest area that I thought consistently was an area for growth beyond continuing to develop his body was some angular stuff in space playing forward. When I got to climb to a linebacker, uh, when I've got to really press my landmark and get horizontal width, getting there is not the problem. 
the angles sometimes left him a little too flat to have an advantageous fit or angle on outside concepts to seal, where I thought he he climbed a little too direct initially, where if he kind of anticipates flow a little bit more as he's continuing to climb, he's going to put himself in better situation in my mind to consistently have the angle baked in because that's where I think it really popped for him was in pass pro was I thought he was good getting out of the blocks. He has really quick feet. He's capable of covering and hitting his landmarks against speed rushes. So once he gets there and he has the angle, I think a lot of the tools and traits takes over. But when he's firing vertically or trying to stretch to long hitting landmarks uh, with lateral flow, I thought that was where okay, there, there's an opportunity to anticipate that defensive flow a little bit better or le- be a little bit more ambitious instead of trying to to go directly at that second-level defender sometimes and leave yourself too flat where then he can scrape up over top across your face. I think that's really important because of he's likely going to be really attractive for the zone-rushing offenses, and that's going to be on his plate, right? So seeing growth there I think is going to be really, really important. I don't know that – not that there's a whole lot of gap teams out there like that – like are all the way in on gap three yards in a cloud of dust right but those teams wouldn't i mean maybe they would like him but i think he's going to be better tailored for that other skill other type of scheme based on his skill set but the you know developing that is going to be important this year as well in addition to just expanding his resume right like he's played 627 snaps dude like that is that is not a lot and so expand the resume you know have have a great year and i think he'll be He'll be here where he wants to be, you know, where a lot of people thought he would be in the 2023 draft. Yeah. So let's um, let's go there. Let's put him against these other offensive tackles and hold him up uh, against what was a strong class. Uh, obviously, you had a lot of names come off the board in the first round. That offensive tackle, we're going to compare Olu Fashanu and how he would stack to those players. Here to close this episode of Locked on NFL Scout. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The top player drafted on offensive tackle this year, Joe, was the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes' Paris Johnson, who Arizona did the thing and went from 3 to 12 and back to 6 and heard, drafted heard Paris Johnson. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a nice a little strategy if you're, yeah. if you're up there and you don't need to pick there. Um. But if they were if they weren't able to facilitate that deal, Paris Johnson sounds like he would have been the pick at three. He sounds like that was their guy all along. So you have a top five, top six selection in Paris Johnson. Uh, you obviously have Broderick Jones going early, Tennessee with Peter Skaronsky, Darnell White right in the top ten to the Chicago Bears. Anton Harrison sneaks in with the Jaguars after the, the Cam Robinson suspension. Am I forgetting anybody else? I don't think so. No, it's six. If we're counting Skaronsky as a 
tackle. Yes. You had you had offensive linemen at six or tackles at six, ten, eleven, fourteen, and twenty-seven. Five so piece. Johnson Wright, Skaronsky, Jones, Harrison. And, and what's interesting in the in the top forty as a yes. guard con- convert. You might be able to say that we had five in the first round. Bergeron might be a guard, right? Mock is definitely not a tackle at 48. Correct. So then it's like six. Tyler Steen at 65. Is your next tackle? Yeah, we went for 27. I I hate to be the bear bad news. That dude ain't a tackle either. So then that gets us to Wanye Morris at 92. That's it. That's that's 27 to 92. That's interesting. I wonder how I scored that out. Hold on. That's not normal. That's not and then break but break Freeland at one oh six. So that survey that, says Kyle seeing how you had it. Yeah. Um yeah, Paris Johnson tier two. Tier three was Bergeron, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, who fell out. Uh tier four was uh Anton Harrison by himself, and then Tier 5 was Blake Freeland, Wanya Morris, and Jalen Duncan. So, pretty pretty big void. The, the players between Tiers 2 and Tier 3, there was one player in Tier 4, and it was a player that ended up going in the first round, and then you had to go all the way down to, to Tier 5, which is like late day two players. I'm going to so ask, ask you before you ask me first. Does Olu Fushano go higher than Paris Johnson, no. who went six? No. I think Paris Johnson having a larger resume, having good tape at left tackle this year, having scheme and pos- or having positional versatility, having side of the line versatility, I think those are pretty significant tiebreakers when you look at, yeah, Fashanu's probably a better functional athlete. I would say the ceiling is higher. But if you ask me, Olu Fashanu nine months from now with a good season at Penn State this year, I would say Olu Fushanu nine months from now probably goes higher or would be ranked higher than Paris Johnson Jr. was in this year's class. But if they were in the same class in 2023, no, I don't think Fushanu would have been the top deck. I'd agree with you. Um, what's interesting, though, is we don't know if Fashanu is in this class. You know, where would the do the – there's another team pick a tackle that didn't pick a tackle, right? So let's dismiss right. that idea because we can't well, you do that, get, right? The Jets. The Jets get interesting, but okay. Do the, the Bears pick Darnell right at 10? Very, very different player. Right, and I think what, I think that's the fit for them that they needed. Mm-hmm. So, and then you had, we're assuming Skaronsky's a guard. They pick Fashano. goes to Tennessee. There's no question, right? Yes. And then Tennessee the Jets at, probably end up with Skaronsky after Pittsburgh trades up for Broderick Jones. And Skaronsky falls to 15. So we're saying the floor for Fashanu, if he was in the 2023 11. draft, is 11 to Tennessee. Probably. Okay, so let's, that, that's fun predictively. I like that. Now, how would you have it? Where What, what tier would you put... Fashanu in. He'd be in tier three. So behind who? Paris Johnson Jr. And that's it. I think you could, he would be in the same conversation with Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, 
I had Matthew Bergeron in that stra- in that stratosphere. So did I. I had I had him. At, I had a first round grade on Bergeron. And then Dewan Jones was also in that stratosphere for me. And it sounds like Dewan Jones's tumble was not so much about the physical gifts as about concerns of fit and ancillary yeah. parts of the evaluation. So he would be in the same bucket. And you would then have to sit down and have the conversation of where you would stack him versus those guys with Dewan Jones, Matthew Bergeron, Broderick Jones, and Darnell Wright. See, now I had I had Broderick Jones and, and Paris Johnson very, very close. I had Jones actually ahead of Johnson. So those guys would be my one-two. And then I would probably have Fashanu at three based on what we knew at the time. Now, could Fashanu have the season I think he can have this year and get a higher grade than I had Jones and Johnson? Yes. But with 627 snaps, I would always be a little bit more willing to lean into Johnson or Jones. Right. I think resume is important, right? And if if you have the right kind of team and you're in the right chapter of your life cycle, betting on the traits would be the appropriate move to make, and, and we would understand it. Um, but if you're a team that's that's looking to be competitive, and a number of these teams picking that early were, and who knows, dude, maybe the Raiders would have taken... Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Been in the offensive tackle market as well at that stage. Um, who's a better run blocker? And I know what your answer is, but I'm just going to do the thing. Okay. Olufashanu or Broderick Jones? Broderick Jones. Who's a better pass protector? Olufashanu or Broderick Jones? Fashanu. Who's better in space? Broderick Jones. Yeah. <sighs> Okay. Who has higher ceiling? Oh man. I, I don't I don't think it's different. <laughs> I think they're really close in terms so of So then ceiling. that so then your your opinion's congruent then. If yeah. we took those four things and you went two one and tie or push, then Broderick Jones should stay there. Um how how far back would you have to go to get an offensive tackle that would grade higher? than what you think Olufashanu could be graded nine months from now. Ooh, that's fun. Um, I know my answer. So Quanu and Neil, no. Penny Sewell, I love Penny Sewell, man. Andrew Thomas, Jed Wills. It might be, it might be, so Jonah Williams, no. McGlinchey, Miller, Williams, no. But Garrett Bowles. Ronnie Stanley, Jack Conklin. I loved Penny Sewell. I probably would say Penny Sewell would be that guy for me. I, I don't understand how your answer is not Ikem Ikwanu here. Really? You loved Ikem Ikwanu. I love Ikem, but I I mean, man, now you make me feel bad. You love I Ikem. I, I, sure. I saw you cheesing big time talking to Ikem a couple years ago. I know how much that man had a soft spot in your heart. I thought for sure you'd be like, uh, Ikem. They're, they're different. They're different players. They are different uh, because Ikem was always the mauler, right? And it felt like his last year at NC State was when he unlocked his pass pro. His pass pro and his actual functional athleticism in all ways. Don't you feel like you'd rather it be the Fashanu plan? Give me the guy that can pass block that I feel like if he just gets stronger, we can have the impact in a run block. Like, I, I prefer that prototype. What, what were the words of wisdom that we once heard from, from somebody? You'd rather have to 
teach him to say woe there than sick him, right? Yeah. How does that apply to this? Um, I don't think Olufushanu has like a, a dog in him problem by any means. Right. It's just not the demeanor that he currently plays with because he's still growing into it. Yeah, and I, I, I wonder if we see a Paris Johnson type jump there. Where I, I know it's a little bit it's a little bit different because he played guard to tackle, but I thought Paris Johnson's finishers mindset, whatever you want to call it, a mean streak Mueller mentality, that was unlocked this past year at at Ohio State. I wonder if something similar happens for Olu. So f- for Fashanu, it's and you don't have to worry about any of this with him, so I think that's why our optimism's so high. If the offseason program went well. It's Penn State, right? I mean, don't they right. they they right. train mutants there. They, they, I don't know what they have in the water in Happy Valley, but they got something. Well, you could tell us you drank this water. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And look at me. I came out the other end all 6'1, 195 pounds. Um, if that, if the offseason program went well, Fashanu will be that Paris Johnson, Ike McQuanu, Penny Sewell, all of which went number six overall in the NFL draft, by the way. Like top six is probably where you're 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 slotting Olu. Yeah. What's going to be fun is like okay, he looks really good, but we we have other tackles that we can measure him against, and like as we continue this summer scouting series, we're planning on at least getting to Joe Alt from Notre Dame, right, to kind of have a feel mm-hmm. for the top here. So I've enjoyed this so far. I think we went three for three on like good hey, players. Yeah, this is probably a top ten pick, you know. So. So far, so good. So far, so good. That's going to do it for us here today on Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes here on Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hit subscribe. Come on back. See us again soon. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.